This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 36 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Bait Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, Brianna Brookins talks to us about how she balances her life as an amateur rider, mother, and aspiring equestrian stylist. Sarah Coleman brings us news from new vocations, and of course, Leandra offers another fab training tip as well as introduces our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Joy, I got to tell you, not every horse that is a thoroughbred is destined for the racetrack, nor should they be. And I'll tell you why. I have a horse in training, Joy, (laughs) that... She's four years old. Her name is Cameo, and she was brought here by an owner. And just to get started, she never went to racing. She was bought by this lovely young woman as a yearling out of one of the kill pens and brought to me at four to start. And she's being started at four because she's ginormous. I mean, oh my gosh, she's like 17 hands and oh. as thick as a Mack truck. I'm not kidding you. She's huge. And here's the thing. It's a good thing that they didn't waste their money trying to race her because literally she doesn't want to move. No. Like just I'll just stand here. Like it's fine. I'm I'm cool. I'll just stand here. I you know what? I'll walk around. Never never offered to buck, never offered to do anything mm-hmm. when she had her first rider on. The literally laziest thoroughbred on the history of the planet. And I would like to say that I now know I mean, that's that's got to be like Guinness Book of World Records stuff. They mm-hmm. need to call me because I can show them a racehorse that was not meant to be a racehorse. Oh, my gosh. And that's so perfect for today, too, because our adoptable horse of the week with Leandra, also one of the laziest horses. A beautiful <laughs> gelding really? was not meant to race. He's just like this big chunk of a dude who's like, oh, can't we just like snuggle or something? Why yeah. do you have to go fast? So uh, like, it's just I the would, theme. I would like you to put me in the cross ties and groom me and love me mm-hmm. and rub my face and tell me I'm beautiful and then put oh, me back. a diva. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She is. Well, I do want to let everybody know, and I appreciate Joy so much. Yesterday was when we were going to, going to record all of these interviews and I had a uh, family emergency, so I had to kind of dip out. So thank you for taking over and uh, chatting with Breezy and I do appreciate it. And oh, you saved my, save the day. Oh, well, of course we missed you. It's never, never a full show without JB on but I think you're really going to like the interviews you had. Breezy was really cool. She's just got a lot to offer. So I think that's going to be a great interview there. And obviously new vocations is always a good time. So it's going to be a great show and we're lucky to have everyone there. But first let's hear a word from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. 
She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, I'm so excited to bring on our next guest, Brianna Brookins, also known as Breezy. She's a 23-year-old amateur competitor, aspiring equestrian stylist, and a mom balancing all the stuff and killing the social media game. Welcome to our show, Breezy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Of course, we love having you here. So just because some of our listeners might not know you on Instagram, how did you get your start in writing? Yeah, so... I pretty much got started in writing um, kind of out of boredom. I really loved riding or really loved horses pretty much my Mm -hmm. entire life, but I didn't really get a chance to ride them growing up. My parents just couldn't afford it. So about two and a half years ago, I was just a stay-at-home mom at the time and was extremely bored. And I just Googled equestrian centers near me and I went for my first lesson. I feel like maybe even the next day. (laughs) And that's how I kind of uh, got started writing. That so just like randomly, you're like, you know what? Finally got to start this adventure. Yep. I, you oh. know, was said to myself, I'm an adult now. I can do it. I can afford it if I need to. So I'm going to just go do it. <laughs> That's great. And so you actually bought a horse too, then not too much longer after that. I did. Yes. About three months ago. So I guess about two years after I started, I just purchased mm-hmm. my first horse. And tell us a little bit about him. Yes, yeah, so he's his name is uh, Gambino. He is a six-year-old OTTB that I got from my trainer knew the lady who was selling him. And when I went to go try him, it, I felt like it was kind of everything was leading me to purchase this horse because there were so many mishaps during the day that should have led me to not go and see him, but somehow I still made it. <laughs> and when I got there, he just was, I mean... I can't even explain the feeling I got when I met this horse. It just was, he was just so calm and loving and just beautiful. And he, I mean, you could tell he had lived a little bit of a harder life the past few months, but he still gave me everything he had during our test ride and was so willing and to let everyone ride him and try him out. And I just was, you know, I could feel his heart. And I just told myself right then and there, you know, this is my, this is my horse. (laughs) I love that. Oh, and you just know when you meet that horse, you're like, yeah, oh, we're definitely. meant to be. It was, it was, it most definitely was that feeling. Oh, that's so amazing. And so did you ride thoroughbreds before that during your lessons? Is that something you sought out for? I had. So when I joined my first barn, um, she is big on taking horses from off the track and restarting them and boy, did she show me how to do it right. I mean, every horse that her name was April Salta of High Standards Equestrian Center, any horse that she brings in, I mean, they get Cairo, they get their teeth done, they get, you know, all the love and the cuddles and time off and groundwork. And, you know, she just really showed me how you could transform these horses into, you know, 
courses that eventually could tote my daughter around during summer camp. And I just fell in love with the breed. Um, they just, be, you know, came really close to my heart because I feel like they're extremely misunderstood, but I got to see them, you know, especially coming into this as an adult, you know, with the mindset of a five-year-old who's never seen horses before excited all over again and getting to be around them. It was just a beautiful experience to watch unfold in front of me. Oh, that's so awesome. And I'm sure she's been helping you bring Gambino along and you've actually been documenting, you know, your journey with him too. What have some have been like your biggest challenges with him and some of your biggest successes so far? Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a journey. I feel like my biggest challenge with him so far was when I first got him, um, his back feet were pretty bad in pretty bad shape. And, you know, I'm an amateur rider. I've only been in this two and a half years. Uh, my confidence, I would say, is pretty through the roof as a rider, which is why I can handle a lot of situations. But I still am very much an amateur rider. As in, you know, my legs are wiggly and my hands sometimes get tense and, you know, I get too excited and just stop riding altogether over jumps. <laughs> so he definitely, my biggest challenge with him was getting the right lead canter. We just mm-hmm. couldn't get it. And I know that's a big thoroughbred thing. You know, they get family run on the left lead on the track. And for me, just maybe for almost a month straight, I couldn't get it. I could never pick it up. My trainer would have to get on and do it for me so we could at least work that side. And it did become frustrating. But eventually I learned his aids and how to slowly transition it into my aid, which was probably also my biggest success with him. Believe it or not, I know that might sound minute to some, but it was just getting the right lead canner myself and being able now to be able to pick it up every time I asked for it is a huge thing because I mean, I struggled very hard. <laughs> I could not get yeah. the right lead. Girl, I feel you on that one for sure. Me and my thoroughbred took a couple months. So <laughs> the fact you're yes. getting it in three, good job. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so how are you? I mean, you're doing all these things. You're training a thoroughbred, your first horse, training the thoroughbred you're competing as well you're an amateur writer you're killing it on social media she has over 30,000 followers which is crazy and you're a mom too how do you balance everything (laughs) how are you doing it I actually get that that question quite a bit to be honest with you and I feel like my response every time is I honestly just make a schedule I have a whiteboard I have a planner in my purse I use Siri to like the end of my life and I just pack my day full and people, you know, always go, you know, well, how do you handle it? And of course I'm exhausted because, you know, your body, no matter how extremely fit you are, you know, your body is going to make you slow down at some point. But I just really try to keep a really positive attitude when I go into things, you know, I want to do it and I'm young and I have the capability and I waited my whole life for this. So instead of, you know, walking around and saying, oh, I'm so tired, it's so hot, or I just drove three hours to see my horse and I rode him for an hour and have to make dinner and, and, you know, I just make it excitable. Like I had a great ride and the drive wasn't that bad today because I sang my favorite song on the way home and my daughter loves my cooking and she loves to cook with me so we can do yeah. that together. And, you know, I just try to merge it all together and make it super positive. And that honestly, I feel like is the only way I'm able to keep going. That's so great. Oh my gosh, I want to be your best friend. I love cooking too. So I'm like, oh, can we like <laughs> swap you. recipes in this? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. And so I have to ask you, so you described yourself as an aspiring equestrian stylist. 
define that for me because you're sponsored by some pretty (laughs) cool brands. I mean, she's got Aztec Diamond, Bear Equestrian. You've got some of the top ones up there. It's been, honestly, I've developed this love for matching every single thing that I have on. And it just has become almost an obsession. (laughs) I mean, I just started to, okay, my shirt needs to match my saddle pad and my saddle pad needs to match my brushing boots. And, you know, I mean, my bridal needs to match everything. And I just started to kind of get OCD with it as in like, if I didn't wear a coordinating outfit to my saddle pad, I almost just, it would mess with my mind almost like this isn't right. We don't look put together and we would be at home. No one's even there. We're riding by ourselves (laughs) and it would just bother me. (laughs) And then, you know, I started to have friends reach out to me and say, Brie, like you always look so good in this. Can you help me get ready for my show? Does this look good together? Does this look good for this video I'm going to record for my lesson? And I was like, wow, this might be something that I would love to do along with, you know, bringing my horse along, like helping style people for shows and for important clinics and things like that, because I absolutely love it. So I'm kind of starting to creep that in on my Instagram as I, you know, figure it out on my own and pick up some more sponsors to get more clothing to piece things together. I'm kind of wanting to dig into that world a little bit. I think that's absolutely great. And you're not alone on that coordinating thing. I know like sometimes I feel like we need to do like a saddle pad challenge of like how many saddle pads do we yes. all own and hide from, you know, significant <laughs> others because we like to oh coordinate those things. So that that's just a lot of fun. And for those who don't follow Breezy on her social media, which you should, I mean, her photos are great. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. But you also are a writer of color too, like myself. And I I would just love to ask with everything going on, what would you like to see the horse world do to promote diversity and how can others Um, support that? Yeah, no, I love those questions. And I definitely feel like it just starts with being, you know, a lot of people right now, it became a huge, huge spotlight on, you know, black lives matter and people of color. And then it spread like wildfire to the equestrian world, which I'm super grateful for. But I feel like people are, um, the biggest question that they want to ask is what can I do when they think that making a singular post of a person of color, you know, is, is the best that they can do. And it comes with day-to-day life. You, my first thing that I'm going to say to people is, you know, take it away from social media, do it on the day-to-day. When you go to your barn and you have a person of color in your barn, ask them how they're doing with all the things that are going on in their community and the things that they're having to watch. Hey, are you, you know, a simple checkup on, how are you doing? Are you okay? Mentally, you know, um, just being nice to people, making sure you're not treating those of color differently in your barn and in your showing and in your workplace. And just, I feel like it starts with, you know, when no one's watching, so it's easy. It's very easy to make it seem like, you know, you're really for everything on social media and making one post, but you have to take it off of social media and implement it in your real life. That's where the diversity is going to start. And it also starts from, you know, our bigger companies using people of color as well for their models to show other little girls like me. I would have loved to see a little girl like myself um, in a catalog when I was growing up, you know, and modeling on a horse so that I could even know that there was other people of color riding because I have to be honest when I started and it wasn't anything my first barn did. They were very accepting and supportive of me and they loved me for who I was, but I was the only person of color in my barn. And 
as ignorant <laughs> as it may sound, I sincerely thought that I was the only black English equestrian. And I know that sounds crazy. Like you can't possibly think you're the only one, Brie, but we went to shows and we were in the barn and there was no one else. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, like here I am the anomaly, you know, I am the only one here. <laughs> yeah, It's just me. <laughs> so just promoting, you know, more just making it normalized to have all colors, mm-hmm. all races, all nationalities on horses in catalogs on TV shows, you know, being posted and then making sure it transfers into day-to-day life. I feel like is it's a huge step, you know, for some people, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a needed step. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, that's exactly what I've been saying as well. You know, you can kind of vote with your dollar, you know, ask companies you love working with, you know, I'd love to see more people right. of color. And, you know, I'd love even more men yeah. featured, like let's make sure we're yes. getting men featured in that so we can promote the sport and keep it going. So I love that you are open to share that with us today. And, you know, mm-hmm. where can people follow you if they want to follow your journey with Gambino and see all your fun and stylish outfits? Awesome. Yeah, no, people can definitely reach me on Instagram. My Instagram account is at B-R-E-E-X-Y-B-B-Y underscore. No, that's kind of weird spelling there. (laughs) But that is where I post all my journeys and stories. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. And we'll make sure to include it in our show notes too. Thank you so much, Breezy, for joining us today. And uh, we'll continue to follow your journey. Thank you so much. Babe Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the care cushion system and easy change fit solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a bait saddle visit baitsaddles.com to find out more that's baitsaddles.com well it wouldn't be retired racehorse radio if we didn't have leander to join us with another fabulous training tip and to introduce our adoptable horse of the week welcome back to the show leandra hey thanks for having me of course we love having you here and normally jamie takes this one on but she had a little bit of emergency so i'm gonna run with it so my training question for you is for a horse you know training and off the track how to lunge what's the best way to do it to keep them kind of in their space how to be relaxed through it what's your process for teaching that racehorse how to lunge correctly That is a great question because that's something that lots and lots of people ask about. Clearly, lunging is something that many of them are not exposed to during their racetrack career. So when you're getting them off the track, that's one of those things you encounter first because a lot of us like to start on the ground, but it's also something that can go seriously wrong. I know I've broken a few fingers that way. And so my best advice, would be if you have a round pen, use it because that'll really help you get that shape down. And the shape really is quite the hard part about it because a lot of times if they're feeling energetic and again, the energy part of it, a lot of times is the reason we want to start with the lunging part. But if they're feeling especially energetic or they're just confused, sometimes the circle concept doesn't sit quite right or they don't get it quite away. And they'll try to go out of that circle quite dramatically at times. So when you have something that's 
yanking your shoulder out and it's 1200 pounds of force just going right out of that circle it can be quite difficult so if you don't have a round pin then that's fine too you're just going to have to be a little more cautious and i like to start slow if you can mm-hmm. and one of the best tools and this is going to sound really silly is the squeeze and release so where people tend to run into issues is that the horses are used to bracing on things. So even if you're not using a bridle, even if you're just in a halter, a lot of times, especially with young horses, which they tend to be when they're coming right off the track, is that they feel the tension. And this is this is really just the, it being virtue of having a young horse, <laughs> that sometimes if they feel a pressure, they pull against it. So you can't just tug them in a circle if they want to go somewhere. But if you use the squeeze and release, then you can kind of get their attention, hopefully keep it in a more circular figure around you. And that's going to help you throughout all the different phases of things. But going back a step, I always, always recommend starting small and starting slow. So if you can get them to walk, if they're already at that phase, you know, some of them just get excited and they want to go a little faster, but if you can start slow and small, then you're going to be better off for it. And Obviously, safety is a huge part of it, so you always want to have your distance, but if you can keep them close and monitor them, it's a lot easier to tweak than if you have them on the absolute widest length your lunge line is going to go, and then it's a lot harder to get the message across. You know, you're kind of playing a game of telephone across your lunge line. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you can, start in a small circle, start slow, and then it's easier to make the adaptions because... Like I said, sometimes just getting that shape is one of the hardest parts. And when you're trying to teach things like cues, you know, having a lunge whip can be handy to communicate that, but also using tone. I know everybody kind of has a different sort of special sauce when they're teaching lunging, but I think the universal code of it is communicating through your driving force and your your sort of steering force. So you're going to have to use maybe, like I said, tone and voice and pitch, you know, they're sort of like a walk, you know, up to down and all of that. So there are a lot of different parts to this. It's definitely, you know, people think of it as such a simple part, but it, it can be so complicated. Lots of people have their own ways. But again, one, if you have a round pen, use it to get this, even just the shape part of it down. But then two, I would say the most critical thing, even though it seems like such a small part of it, is utilize that squeeze and release because the young, especially young horses, are apt to brace on you and you're not going to get anywhere with that. So when you're teaching lunging skills, when you're working on that and just how to communicate all of that, then, I mean, anybody can look up the technical aspects of, you know, maintaining that pie shape so that you're positioning yourself right. Those are the kind of things you can look up on Google or you can learn really easily. But the sort of secret sauce of it that I feel like I can maybe contribute is squeeze and release is going to be your best friend where if you need to get their attention, if you're trying to get them to pay attention or slow down or all those little things that rather than or where people get hung up, I feel like most often is having a horse to is is a powerhouse. They're especially these OTTBs are natural athletes. So in order to get them to work with you and not against you, 
pulsing that lead rope, putting a little bit of tension on it and then releasing and then tension again, that's going to be your best friend throughout it. So whereas all the other things can kind of be looked up or taught or all those, the, this is what I'm, I'm going to tell you is going to be one of the most important things is the squeeze and release. <laughs> I love it. That's the great tip to have. And I'm just going to throw a curveball into this one for, for those sure. easier horses that we occasionally see. How do you get a horse to move away from you when teaching lunging? If you have that one horse who wants to stay close by you the whole time, he's in. The yes. Space. There's always the one who wants to just hold your hand the whole time and be your best friend, which is lovely, but getting them to move away can be challenging. And I'll tell you, my horse is like that. And sometimes that's even more frustrating when you're what you're just trying to teach them to, to be an independent horse, <laughs> to, to move off and to listen to you. And I would say, Every horse is a little bit different in observing what works for them. But I always go back to thinking about how they interact with each other when we're not around. So even in turnout, or if you're thinking about horses in the wild, so fewer and fewer of them exist now. But if you're looking at those sort of raw interactions, how Mm -hmm. does that, say, alpha member of the herd communicate to the other horses to to move away because ultimately it ends up being that if you control movement you're controlling part of the hierarchy so whereas you know maybe we can't bare our teeth and pin our ears back at them a lot of times I will either utilize my line because sometimes that's all you need and you kind of send a wave through your lead line you can um so you're kind of uh, almost like tossing the the lunge line away. If that makes sense, like you're sending a rhythm down it and it can sort of bump them on the face and that can keep them away from you. Or sometimes, like I said, in the absence of being able to bare my teeth and pin my ears back like many of the horses do to each other in those interactions, then I'll kind of stomp my foot. And sometimes that's accompanied by like, uh, you know, making a sound. But more often than not, I mean, you might be surprised that, just sort of stomping your foot on the ground really gets their attention. So that's saying, no, you're going to get out of my space. And, you know, in the absence of actually holding a lead rope, because that can make things harder, you could do something like clap. But I would say, try this, just stomp your foot and use your body language because body language really, really gets through to them. You're talking about, you know, with horses, they're not nearly as vocal as we are as animals. So body language is going to be your main basis for all of that but if you've worked with them if they're really familiar or you know sometimes with babies or at the track if you're comfortable with it um it's it's not as clear ingrained messaging but if you're comfortable with the lunge line so you can sort of send that pulse through the lead rope and it just kind of bumps them on the face or where you know whether it's touch the halter or the bridle and you can kind of get them to have that same sort of reflex it's utilizing a soft startle reflex where it kind of gets them away from being right on top of you and you can then sort of send them back out to the circle but it's it's kind of about getting them to be out of your bubble and that and that can be a safety thing but also in just getting them to focus so you've got a, a stomp action you can try and then using the lunge line to sort of bump them out to widen that circle. 
Perfect. Well, that is super helpful. I hope our listeners have gotten some great tips out of that. I know I have for sure. I'm going to go practice getting a little bit better form for my thoroughbred (laughs) and trying that pulse release as well to slow her down and keep her focused. But let's talk about this handsome guy that we have going on today, which is our adoptable horse of the week, which is Wayfarer. Yes, Wayfarer, who we call Ray around the barn, and that comes from the Ray-Ban sunglasses, which they're kind of iconic (laughs) sunglasses, the Wayfarer, and he's kind of cool like that, you know, the Ray-Bans are sort of like seen as like the cool guy sunglasses, and I would say our Ray is just like that, where he has this cool as a cucumber disposition, He's absolutely unfazed by things. Even at the young age of three years old, he shows a lot of maturity beyond his years. And you would expect nothing less from a horse whose sire is Curlin himself. Mm -hmm. Curlin has that same sort of demeanor of just like cool guy confidence. And Ray definitely has that too. So he stands around 16 hands. He's just shy of it. And we we put on his profile 15.3 hand plus because he's, you could measure him at 15.3 now, but it's, since he's three years old, he will most likely mature to around 16 hands, if not more. But he has that beefy build. He has this muscled look, even though it's kind of like, I don't even try for it type mm-hmm. of bot because he's really more woe than go as we like to say uh, attitude where he really doesn't mind not going anywhere fast. Um, he didn't have any starts on the track because he just wasn't going to be competitive. So he has this muffled out look to him, but he doesn't try very hard for it either. But I think he's going to be one of those where as he matures, as he gets older, as he finds more focus and kind of realizes what he wants to do and finds the right person, mm-hmm. he's only going to become a more you know, filled out, beautiful creature. Like my horse at three years old looks like a gangly noodle with hair <laughs> missing and, you, you know, and it took a lot of work and here's a horse that just, it comes in so naturally to just be stunning and really looking forward to seeing what he turns into. He's going to be a really fun prospect for someone. He looks like he's got that nice, quiet eye, just really relaxed face. And I mean, I can see him easily in the hunter ring for sure, but he's probably a horse who could go just about any direction. Yeah. And he was one, it was hard to peg down. Sometimes we like to give recommendations in the profile and we just kind of found ourselves grasping at everything. Like he could do anything. He just needs the right kind of person who can help take those steps with him just because he's three years old, but you really couldn't ask for a better behaved three year old. He's, he's puts his all into what he does, but he's also the kind of guy who you could hang out with on a long range, just holding the buckle and he's falling asleep while you're sitting on him. So I think he would break a lot of stereotypes about baby off the track thoroughbreds, but you know, like I said, he just, he retired from, the career path as a racehorse mm-hmm. because he just wasn't feeling the competitiveness. So he's, he was already in that mindset of the Ferdinand, the bull. I like to just smell the roses. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so now he's just looking to develop into some other area, but he really, like we both sort of observed, he could go in any sort of direction. There's nothing that screams one way or another. He's really a man of many hats potentially. 
Ah, perfect. And you know what, guys? This lovely unicorn of a horse who's so chill, so easy, a whopping $1,000, and he can be in your barn, ready to go any direction. So thank you so much. Make sure to check out Mm -hmm. Wayfair at horseadoption.com, as well as all the other horses available. Thank you so much, Leandra. Thanks for having me. Well, we have some news from New Vocations, and Sarah Coleman is going to bring it for us today. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well. Very well. How are you guys? Uh, doing great. You know, I feel like things are slowly getting back to normal, you know, having more riding time, doing a little bit of the horse show thing. It's so nice to kind of feel like summer's actually here. How are things down Absolutely. at New Vocations? They are good. They are good. We actually opened entries for our horse show, our hunter jumper horse show only, that will be September 3rd through 6th. And same thing. You can tell that people are super excited. They've been, they actually crashed the entry website within the first like 75 minutes. Wow. So many people were. <laughs> right. I'm like, it's such a good problem to have, but, but it's been really sweet. You know, people are, are very aware of the restrictions that are in place because of COVID, which, uh, you know, is, is nice about not being the first one back, you know. Um, but I do feel kind of like you, you know, it, it's exciting to be horse showing again, but I think the landscape of horse showing this year will be a little bit different, you know, with visitor restrictions and, you know, you can't have, you know, your entire extended family fly in from California to watch your horse show. Um, so it definitely is a little bit different, but people have been, I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. People have been completely understanding about that. I think they're just so excited, like you said, to get back to some format of normalcy. Oh, I love that. So tell us a little bit about this horse show coming up, what classes that we can be expecting and how maybe people who can't go to the show can kind of view in. Absolutely. So we, um, and, and again, I appreciate very much, you know, our spectators, it will be at the Kentucky Horse Park. So spectators will be limited, unfortunately, but we have, and TIP also does as well, you know, very strong social media presence. We'll be doing interviews with, you know, some of the competitors on our Instagram and Facebook live and We don't have the ability to live stream, unfortunately, but we do definitely will have a big social media presence. We have a a couple of, you know, I knew that we all had talked about the the makeover canceling for 2020. So we have always, the makeover and new locations have always really, have always really supported one another. So we've offered classes, I think for the last four years that have been specific to makeover graduates. Um, and we're, we are doing that again this year. So we have at the dressage show, we have an RRP makeover grad material class. We have an in-hand class. At the Hunter Jumper show, we have a walk, trot, canter, and walk, jog, lope challenge that mm-hmm. is open to any makeover grad of any year. And then we also offer some high points geared specifically toward them, you know, to kind of celebrate that these horses have been to the makeover and they've competed successfully. And here they are further along in their show career, you know, and this is, we just really want to recognize them because that's that's a big accomplishment to have to have gone through that competition for sure. Amazing. I love it. And it's going to be so exciting to watch and just to showcase these horses. And I love that there's so many people are excited for it. Is there a one yeah. class in particular that you're seeing like the most entries for so far? Or have they had a no, chance we, to pick? We have not really looked. Our 2-6 to 2-9, our 2-6 division and our 2-9 division are generally the largest. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are you know, it's a, it, especially the two nine with adult amateurs is like a comfort zone. It's not three foot, but it's bigger than two six. Um, so every year we've kind of separated those out. So it's it's basically three divisions: it's an open division, an amateur division, and a junior division. And mm-hmm. then they can kind of choose 
you know, anybody can compete in the open, but clearly the junior and amateurs are restricted because, you know, the last thing we want is for people to come down here and be in such a huge class that they don't feel they even have a chance of, you know, getting a piece of the ribbons or anything. So, so we've, every year we kind of figure out, you know, <laughs> how to, how to divvy it out and make sure that people just feel that they get their time in the ring. You know, that a lot of them traveled a long ways. So we want to make sure we celebrate them. Mm, I love that. It's going to be so fun. Well, you guys make sure to check out everything. Follow New Vocations on their Instagram, Facebook, New Vocations Horse Adoption Program. And of course, check out the website at horseadoption.com. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook, search for Retired Racehorse Radio, follow us on Twitter, and I have a Facebook page, Flyover Farms, Jamie Jennings, Certified Money Roberts Instructor, and my email is jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Uh, you can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at joyhequestrian. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Bates Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Mm-hmm.